hello and welcome to Sh- We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Selat. And this is Kalina. And we are a podcast who reads and reviews paranormal romance novels. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, we're happy to be back with you guys reading a, a new fun book for you that may or may not be sexy. We're sh- <laughs> you know, may, may or may not have undertones of sex. <laughs> or just, you know. It may be sexy without actually having sex in it. We'll see. We'll get there shortly. It may be super fucking sexy in your brain because you've built this whole scene. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, but, yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, should we just start? Do you? Well, let's just do it. All right. Yeah. We don't have, like, nothing to say anymore. I mean, at some point we were going to start predicting the future, but... <laughs> I don't like the future. I don't like the present. So <laughs> I think pre- predicting is very helpful right now. Things are hard and it's hard to just kind of move on with life knowing that we can't really change anything that's happened. So it's been difficult, but I, summer is almost here for the boys traveling and, and stuff like that. So that's all that's up with us. And oh, we just got like a whole cow. Oh, This cow has been growing for us for two years and we just went and picked it up. And Well, uh, the parts okay, of the, it. The parts of it. <laughs> I should probably explain that. I don't have a cow in my living room right now. Um, <laughs> but so now we've got like, I swear it's like three years worth of meat. Dan's telling me it's only one year and I think he's fucking nuts. But we are going to start carnivore again. Soon. Oh, okay. So well, then that, that helps to have a whole cow. Absolutely. Yep. So we're, we're excited about that. I'm trying to, I don't think I'm going to be able to do as well as I did last year, but I'm trying to cut some weight down before cheese wedding in October. Yeah. So I've got that on my mind too. Yeah. Gotta get in gear. But that's it for me. Yeah, I don't have anything. So cool. I don't I don't <laughs> have a cow. So <laughs> you can have some of my cow. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really silly of me to buy much of a cow when it's just me. <laughs> I think it's, I know, and it's, I mean, I have two kids, but they're eight, and eight-year-olds don't eat very much, so. And your kids in particular don't eat very much. <sighs> no, they they're do little not. little birds. Snack, snack. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, Quickie. Okay. What do you think about dad bods? <laughs> well, being that I am married to a dad bod, <laughs> I appreciate it. I mean, like, the ideal sexiness of an attractive body to me would be something very similar to like Bruce Lee. Okay. Where he's lean and he's not overly muscular. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And just big and dull, you know, like like the way Arnold Schwarzenegger used to be when he was in his prime. Mm-hmm. That's too much muscle for me. I just, I can't handle, I can't do that kind of stuff. Like Spartacus. I don't know if you remember watching Spartacus. The only reason that comes back into my mind is because we were watching it. <laughs> Um, all of the men in 300 type of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But nothing too too big. So, But that's fantasy world. In real world, I'm totally okay. I, I love it. I think it, I think they're totally fine. Only mainly because I think people should be able to be who they are without getting judged for anything. And if you have a dad bod because you're a dad, sweet. Or even because you're not a dad. Or even not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just because that's how your body is. Like, I agree. I I. I, there's plenty of very attractive men with all kinds of physiques. Mm-hmm. I find there's a lot more about men that's attractive than just their body type. Like, you know, I think that's way down on my list. You know, when I'm dating, like when I'm looking on the dating apps and stuff, there's a lot more I look for. Like some of it is still physical, but it, it ranks higher. Like I love scruff 
like kind of a scruffier yes. hair, scruffier face, like uh-huh. beard. That is going to rank way higher than a, you know, super clean cut, muscled physique, you know? Like, yeah. I just find that more attractive. But I find all kinds of body types on men attractive. I think the funniest thing about the phenomenon of the quote unquote dad bod in, in the media is like how readily men, older men in less perfect, like quote unquote perfect shape is mm-hmm. acceptable now. And it's just been like, yeah, we love dad bods. They're hot and sexy. And look at all these celebrities who aren't, you know, superly fit uh-huh. anymore. And it's like, why don't we ever do that for women? <laughs> no, do, it's never. Why don't we don't, we don't have mom bods. Like no <laughs> one is like, yeah, that lady with the pouch because she gave birth and, you know, the cellulite on her size is super sexy. Like, yeah. I mean, we're yeah. trying to have more body positivity, but it's still, there's no movement that names a squishy woman sexy. And, and, and that's women giving that to women. It's not society giving that to women, right? Because mm-hmm. this is society allowing people to be okay with dad bods. Yeah. So everybody's on fucking board with that. But we have to lift ourselves up. And so we are allowed. Like, I love, I love fucking seeing the commercials or the, um, the new advertisements or something with like full figured women, women who have stretch marks, women who have like missing limbs or just like, it's like such a beautiful thing to see. But those are women yeah. promoting other women. Like, it- Basically, like Rihanna's line, right? Fenty is what started mm. doing that a lot because mm-hmm. she has women spanning every skin tone, like from yep. albino through to the darkest, yes. darkest skin tone. All of them. She covers all the sizes and, you know, yeah, ability, you know, having physical ability, mm-hmm. you know, in, in her, her, her shows, people with disabilities or handicaps. So mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. And I agree. And, but it is, it's, it's women entrepreneurs who are, yep. who are forcing that kind of image into society. Cause we weren't like before, all you saw was the fucking Victoria's Secret Angels who were like yes. six foot two and a hundred fucking pounds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the wings they wore wore more than them. I <laughs> more than them (laughs) but exactly um, no i agree it's it's somehow become very popular pop culture to have the dad bod that's been totally accepted broadly across the board but the women thing is still being just it's a narrative that is still being pushed by women to help support other women it's not universally i mean just this week in our timeline Sports Illustrated put that full-figured uh, woman. I was just going to pull She's up. gorgeous as all fucking hell. And a bunch yeah. of men stepped in to say some shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of them. But a lot of them did step up and say, fuck you and let her be. She is beautiful. Her name is Yumi Nu, yeah. the first Asian-American plus-size model for Sports Illustrated. Uh, fucking gorgeous. God damn, she's pretty. And I Jeez. want that swimsuit. I was like, Ooh. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, it, it baffles me. That people are still so incredibly filled with hate that they could just like attack somebody for being who they are and just I mean but even so like she's fucking gorgeous I just I don't see it I don't, I don't either. see it I don't anyway. understand what the negativity is around that but yeah that's because you know you gotta control women don't let yeah, them be free there's the thing because then we might get ideas you guys about oh, being might. whole individuals with our own <laughs> advocate choices and bodies and thoughts and oh, feelings wait. and control of our own lives <laughs> yeah fuck yeah we might want that watch out <laughs> we're channeling eloise bridgerton right now just saying <laughs> fucking love that oh, girl i mean i love okay. her but mm, we have issues too yeah, no anyway, yes <laughs> she makes some poor choices <laughs> in season two but that's not what this podcast is it's about it's not it's not about this <laughs> this podcast is about paranormal romance 
So today we read Midlife Bounty Hunter by Shannon Mayer, narrated by Lauren Fortgang. Mm -hmm. We were super excited about this. I was really excited about this book because the whole series, the 40 Proof series by Shannon Mayer, is about Brianna. And she is 41 years old. So it's a Brina. Brina. Thank you. <laughs> I work with a person named Brianna. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I went. And she also goes yeah. by Brie. So that's why I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. And anyway. Brianna is more common than Brina. Brina. Yeah. So that was super exciting. We were going to get kind of uh, main character, our age, essentially, like one year older than us and you know witness like her exposure into the paranormal world and how she kind of goes about it she's also recently divorced she's you know 20 30 pounds quote unquote overweight depending on mm-hmm. <laughs> what weight people are supposed to be i guess right and you know just facing a lot of challenges and, and starting a life over again after her her marriage ended and the things she had been doing for the past 20 years kind of everything changed so that's the book or like the beginning of the book basically we meet her she's moved back home to savannah which again second book this year in savannah i think we have to go there now i think we do now (laughs) i mean now i feel like you know because before you asked me if i was interested and i said not really but i think i'm lying to myself well see i set the schedule and i get to pick the book so (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna subliminal like savannah like it's the other because we did two savannas and then the um last book was no uh prince and leather was also uh the Um, on the show well where was that north carolina south carolina it was north one of the carolinas north carolina but anyway near there you know yeah the whole thing yes over there it's on the other side i'm pushing this this is where we're going (laughs) for the next girl's trip okay sweet anyway um so she moves back to, that's where she grew up with her grandma. Growing up, she could always see the shadow world. Her grandmother was steeped in the shadow world, and Brie had the natural ability to see it as well. Uh, when she met her husband, he would tell her that, you know, grandma was crazy. There's no such thing as magic or fairies or werewolves or the shadow world. And so she started to believe him. They moved away. She could still see him. So he put her in a psych ward because, you know, he's super cool. And <laughs> Graham shows up and she begs Graham to take the sight away from her so she can live a normal life with her husband. So Graham does, puts a block on her so she won't see the shadows anymore. Still tries to make a life go of it with her husband. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's just not working out because he sucks. Totally. Totally sucks. So bunny sucks. <laughs> anyway, so he divorces her, takes her house, takes her grandma's house, takes all of her money and gives her all the debt, the joint debt from the marriage. So pretty much he's a real cool dude. Yeah. May or may not have utilized magic to accomplish all that. Right. Uh, Speculations. Speculations, yeah. She knows she did not sign those divorce settlement paperwork. The paperwork she signed didn't have it split that way. But now that's the paperwork that he submitted to the court. And all the judges, all of the lawyers, everyone who's seen it tells her she has no recourse now. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that, but whatever. It's pretty, you know, it's, I was going to say, it's, it's pretty scary what you can do with PDFs anymore. You can lift signatures very easily. I know. So, I know. But then they're really not sucky. the wet ones. That's the thing is it needs to, usually in it's legal true, documents has to be, to be a, wet. a wet signature. Then it's, then it's magic. Absolutely. It must be. So she moves home to look her wounds. And for some reason, 
Her only option appeared to be move in with her ex's cousin, Corp. I was so confused about that. I mean, I, I know she needed money and like a job and a place to go, but that to me sounds not cool. I was dumbfounded when I, I read I feel that. like there are other options. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what? Because apparently he was like the only person who made the offer, like at some point offered that if she needed a place to crash, she could crash with him. Yeah, because he's not a total asshole. And so she showed up on his doorstep without calling to crash with him. And he was in the middle of a sexy night rendezvous with a lady and she runs out the door because she's like, whatever. And Bree ends up crashing in his study or uh, office. Yeah. And just she keeps staying. He's like, I thought by now you'd have left. <laughs> like, he's trying to make her life kind of miserable. He doesn't want to. So there's an opening at this thing that he works for, which nobody knows what it is. <laughs> Super weird. And he doesn't want her to take the job. But she he ends up um, one of his coworkers comes over and, and sees her and is like, hey, uh, I got an idea. So they meet up. He says, you got to come try out for this job. There's a there's a job opening and an interview group mm-hmm. interview tonight. So gives her the card with an address and everything on it. And she said... Red flags. Yeah. <laughs> group mean, energy or, or interview tonight. All, at a cemetery. At a cemetery. Mm-hmm. Red flags. All of the red flags. <laughs> <laughs> but she's already starting to kind of get back into the paranormal world. Because mm-hmm. she's like, that dude's a leprechaun. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna follow the leprechaun and show up. So... <laughs> trick don't trust leprechauns so she shows up she she realizes she's gonna have to take the block she had her grandmother put on her off her eyes so she does a little spell to allow her to see the underworld or the uh, the shadow world um and she does she passes all this crazy test which at first i'm gonna tell everyone because i do like this book on the whole but it does have some issues and the first part being this test took too fucking long <laughs> it was very long it was i think a quarter of the book it was very long it was, was very long the interview so mm-hmm. we have nothing has happened we are in the cemetery and she's walking around and things are happening i'm just like I sped the book up to one and a half at this point because I was so, I was so annoyed. I was like, why are we still doing this? Like, cause we haven't, we don't know what's coming or anything. And, nope. and I just need her to get through the interview so we can get to the part of the book, like the meat of the book. But anyway, <laughs> just so everyone's aware, the first, the first quarter is very tough. But she does. She passes. Of course, Corb, her ex-cousin-in-law, is yes. all like, no, I'm not voting for her. She shouldn't be allowed. And all the other four people that are involved in this somehow all vote for her. So she is allowed to join. So now they start the training section, which could be up to 12 weeks of training. There's four other recruits who all are in their like 20s, 20s. maybe. Who passed along with her, so now she's she's with them. Which, by the way, they should be so lucky to be in a group with her because she negotiated the shit out of their <laughs> training <Yes>. pay. <laughs> they were gonna get two hundred bucks a week, and she was like, "No, we're gonna yep. get a thousand bucks a week. We're gonna get money to buy all of our equipment." Absolutely. I mean, she just fucking nailed it, and they all just were like, "Yeah, yeah," because they're like just young, and they're just like, "Okay, that's what." And she's just like, "Uh, fuck you." <laughs> Nobody can live off of that. No. Are you fucking kidding no. me? $200 for trading? No, I don't think so. We'll yeah. be getting better paid. So that was nice. And then the fact <laughs> that, that they cool. weren't all nice to her afterwards was confusing. Because if I was in well, a group, 
group the interview. The one guy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. some bitch just got me like eight hundred more dollars a week. I'd be like her best I fucking friend. Fuck. What do you need? Let's be friends, lady. I will take you for some drinks. Let's <laughs> fucking go. But they all treated her badly. And I was like, she got your pay raise. They got 600%. a pay raise and immediately called her old. Yes. <laughs> they did. You're too old to be here. <laughs> so things proceed. She does the training. She's struggling at it. Like that was part of Corb's argument is she's too old and she's a woman and all this other shit. Yeah. That's a big part of the book. There's a heavy focus on her age and her body and her lack of physical health, I guess. Or <laughs> Her yeah, not, she's just not, not in being the in pristine shape. shape. Yeah, she's forty-one. Yeah, she's so, not old, yeah, guys. She's we not need to, old. We need to I all acknowledge that forty-one is not old. They're kind of feeding it into the storyline in here, in her her monologues, and even with the other characters that interact with her, that she's just too old to do anything. Really, they make her seem like she's seventy. Straight up, seriously, <laughs> like she might be breaking a hip tomorrow, and exactly. I'm like. I well and even she because she talks nonstop about how many she aches does. and pains she has like every day she's like I gotta take more Advil she takes Advil probably five six times a day ibuprofen <laughs> I does. guess they call oh, it yeah and she's like oh it's just not keeping up with all my pain today and I'm like I'm 40 and not in good shape and I'm not in pain every day. Granted, you know, I'm not learning to fight demons at the Mm. moment, but she was like in pain before that happened. And I was like... She was in pain and she wasn't constantly in pain after all of the training. Like your body should have gotten used to that afterwards. You don't constantly... Yeah, not not constant pain. Yeah. And and she like couldn't do stairs. And I was like... (laughs) "Um, We can do stairs. Okay, I'm with Corb on this. She can't. She keeps doubting herself. Yes, that's true. In the end of the day, it's all because she has created her own mental blocks mm-hmm. here. And to be fair, all a lot of this comes from living with her ex-husband for yes. 20 years who did tell her the whole time she couldn't yes. do anything and she was stupid and she was useless, uh, useless and, and, and overweight and like she, you know, has a lot of hang up and pain because she also never was able to conceive past 12 weeks. So... Mm-hmm. She, you know, has all of that. She kept thinking that having a kid would help their marriage and then it never happened for her. That's never the answer. Yeah, I'm telling you right now. (laughs) This dude sounded like he sucked regardless. So I don't think he'd be great with a child. No. But anyway, so I'm I'm giving her... I want to give her the leeway to, I want to give Brie the leeway to have these thoughts because of how indoctrinated she was by her husband. I just really wish... We had seen a little bit more transition across the book to her not having those thoughts anymore. Or at least yeah. self-correcting every time she had one. When she did realize She started that. to do it a little bit. She'd do it occasionally. She'd be like, no, I am strong enough. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to keep going. She would do that once in a while, but she didn't always. You have to shut those fucking internal thoughts down. Yeah, you have she to. did very few. She had more of those when she was interacting with other people, but within herself and just conversations that she had with herself, she didn't as much. So yeah, That's it would have been nice to see the growth in that because she defended herself a lot yeah if she had to if someone else told her she couldn't do it then she'd get all feisty and be like i can do anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) which was awesome but then she'd also inside her head like no i don't think i really can do this exactly (laughs) and and sometimes that's even more powerful because there's nobody there to stop you exactly so anyway so that happens i mean she ends up she meets um a bunch of different people and beings in this shadow community in savannah apparently savannah has a very active shadow community because of how 
old, historic, and how much death has occurred. Because it's a very historically <laughs> violent city and has a lot of death. <laughs> so there's a lot of psychic power and a lot of creatures that live there. Critters, as she calls them, of various shapes and sizes. She meets one who becomes important is Crash. He is the smith. And he makes good weapons. See, at first they go to a market where there's these two Viking-like twins who make weapons. But she looked at them and they were shoddy and cheap and she didn't want to buy them. And also yeah. she had no more money. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so she she found this other guy who does make weapons too. She was recommended him by somebody she made friends with at the market. And she ends up kind of making friends with him too with Crash. Well, she ends up in his bed a little bit. But yeah. not, not the way that we like The way it. that we wanted. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, it was still nice, but oh, yeah, it wasn't. Sure. It's super hot. Yeah. But, um, and she gets some really nice knives out of that deal um, mm-hmm. and help because he has an assistant fish. Fish. Who, fish. Who's a who fish. looks like a fish. <laughs> She's a river nymph. She reminds me a lot. Like, in my head, I kept thinking of Luca. <laughs> Luca? Have you ever oh, seen Oh, no, no. I haven't seen Disney? that. I haven't seen it. No. Okay. 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 Yes. I know what it is, but I haven't seen it. Anyway, so she meets them. Uh, she keeps on trying to train. It's going kind of well sometimes. And then they decide, her her trainer, Eamon, right, decides yes. that he's going to help her out by giving her this assignment that nobody wants. There's a Bigfoot who believes he is being followed and and stalked, basically, because mm-hmm. he keeps waking up with darts in his neck and, like, <laughs> missing fur or missing hair or missing blood, and no one believes him, and they think he's crazy, so he really wants a bodyguard, so Eamon says, I'll, I'll send out Bree, she'll be your bodyguard for four days, and it's supposed to be just an easy paycheck for her because he, the, mm-hmm. you know, what was the Bigfoot's name? Eric. Eric. Eric will pay for it. He just, he wants somebody to believe him. And she's like, okay. But everyone doesn't believe him. But she does. No. She shows up and she's like, she yeah, I believe you. Let's do this. I mean, he's, yep. you know, then the, then a demon showed up, which really made it easy to believe him when, you know, yeah. <laughs> a demon shows up and tries to take him and then somebody shoots at him and it's a bunch of stuff. There's a lot of yeah. action sequences that happen. There and are. at the end of the day, because I cannot lay it all out. Out for you it is too much she stops a big plot to of a lady who edit who actually was her grand's best friend mm-hmm. was uh struggling because she doesn't want to die so she was it's gonna, that whole immortal plot it's this fucking that people just need to be immortal and it sucks so she's so they like, have to drain life from other creatures to and, do that and somehow bring through a demon yeah. at the height of this lunar cycle situation and that was going to allow her to be immortal and uh, Bree stops it, saves Eric's life. He doesn't get killed. She does kill her grand's best friend, who's now dead. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, her okay, grand is around as a ghost, but only in her house, which is technically Bree's hus- ex-husband has taken mm-hmm. that from her, and he's trying to sell it. So she's trying to get that back. She really needs money to buy the house so she can she save, wants to buy the- yeah. save her grand's house. Because now her grand's ghost is in it. She's got to live there, right? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Well, she- and she breaks into the house a lot to get help. <laughs> From her grandma, she does. you know, and she actually gets to recover a book that her grandmother had put together, which is really cool. Basically, and- her grimoire, I would assume, yeah. you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a fun book. It, there's a lot of action. The characters are neat. A lot of the men are jerks. A lot of the men are jerks, but a, apparently most of them are super hot and super sexy because she kept talking about how, like, attractive Corb is, or at least he's really mean to her, but... 
I don't really mean he's just like... In the beginning. Like, yeah. I mean, it, at the end, he sort of makes up for And it, it. turns or not makes out, for, but like, him being mean was him trying to protect her. He didn't want her to take on this job. He was undercover the whole time because there's this big bad thing happening. Oh, yeah. And he didn't want her to get involved in the case because... The other undercover people thought she might actually already be involved with a bad guy because yes, it is her grand's that. friend. I mean, there's a, pieces that are swirling and moving. And so at one point she was under investigation and she didn't know about it. And she was trying to save the day. And she's like, that sucks that you guys thought it was me. You know. Oh, yeah. Stuff. That is part of the storyline. You guys are going to have to listen and pick up on your own. <laughs> because there were a lot of like double, triple agents with secret spy people. Like ooh. At the end, actually, I was going to ask you to explain that to me. Because I, at the very end, Eamon and Sarge. Is it Sarge or Serge? Sarge. Sarge. Sarge and Corb are like back at their headquarters. It's like, wait a minute. They were the bad guys, but you know, it's just oh, so uh, much. They weren't, I guess. Yeah, they weren't. And then they thought at some point she was, which I thought was a really cool flip because we're following her the whole time. And some of them had thought that she was the, mm-hmm. the spy or whatever, which which I thought was pretty I think cool. The thing that's the hardest and the thing that I still don't understand and I think should have been kind of explained. So there's some council, the Council of 13 or whatever, and they yeah. were involved in watching. And somehow they had, they'd come to Corbin Sarge to say, we need your help getting close to this cabal that keeps bringing in demons but they knew it was hattie and that's why they suspected brie because they knew that brie was close to hattie growing up why didn't they just stop the 80 year old woman (laughs) (laughs) they knew but instead they They just let her she literally ran amok for like most of this book bringing demons all over the place people were dying and like they, they have the source and they and then nip like it. the whole second kidnapping thing like when she found crash tied up with those other guys at also in the cemetery but just separate mm-hmm. what the fuck was that it was just an opportunity for her to get on crash's good side i guess that i don't understand what that whole thing was i for. i i because it wasn't know. like he didn't want to re- he didn't want to give her the knife he didn't or, or have it she stole the he knife didn't, she stole the knife but still like was that the reason why he got kidnapped because they think that he was holding the knife and so he got kidnapped and he was gonna I guess. Then give it to them but like that's the what, only thing i could was think gonna of happen with having him tied up that wasn't gonna get you the knife i'm not gonna get you the knife i'm tied up what do you want me to do <laughs> We also still don't know exactly what Crash is. We don't. He's mysterious and fucking hot. <gasps> so hot. I love hot. this character. I'm so fucking in love with this character. I'm very intrigued by him. And at first I was annoyed by Faish, but now I love her because all she wanted is a friend. I know. Oh, it such broke my heart. Brie makes friends with all of these misfits, just like yeah. Robert. <laughs> Robert, Robert's a skeleton. Skeleton that lives in the graveyard and she could see him because she could see shadows and she transports him because he turns into a finger bone and like... And she carries him around in his purse and then she drops him on the ground and he comes to life again as a skeleton. She feeds him candy bars and whiskey. Which he just drops on the ground as he eats them. Because it just goes through, yeah. Because uh, he's a skeleton. Which is so fucking funny. It's just <laughs> love it so much. And he calls her friend. 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 At one point she he, she said something like, Jesus Christ. And he goes, no, Robert. Robert. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite scene. I died laughing. It was so funny. I there know. were funny parts in this book. It's so funny. There's a lot that is funny. There's a lot that's super cute. The necromancer is always telling her that skeletons don't have names. And she's like, well, maybe they'd be nicer if you named them. <laughs> 
Because Robert is really nice and does whatever she wants. Like, he he bit a werewolf's ear off because she told him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, It's great. But yeah, so there's a lot in here that's super... And she does. She makes friends with... That's the one thing that's, like, her biggest strength is... Mm -hmm. What was kind of hard is when they first... All of the trainees, like, got selected. They passed the test and were now going into training. Well, training involved not being told any information about... (laughs) fuck all of anything day one they were just given their budget to to go and buy equipment but not told what what to buy the job was or what equipment yeah. you might need they were just shown yeah. a market and said there you go uh-huh. they're not told what the jobs are what the business is what it does just that it might be dangerous and it does involve supernatural shit mm-hmm. and so she's walking around the market talking to the actual vendors like what do we need and the vendors are like we're not allowed to tell you but like a couple of them kind of like <laughs> sneak sneak wink wink like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at her like I would go get some books because everybody else seems to just buy weapons and then they all die <laughs> you know a little training and education you know what? you might need and and she and she's already kind of thinking that way she's not in it to get all the guns she really just wants a nice knife because she knows she was trained as a kid before mm-hmm. she asked her grandmother to take away her sight her grand trained her up through her like teens yeah. so she you know knows a lot is starting to come back to her as she's in this world you know remembering her training from her grandmother so she knows that like a silver knife is the best weapon in most situations guns aren't yeah. going to stop a demon Stuff like that. So she does make some really good choices in the beginning with her money. But all of this is being done in the dark. And you're just looking. I'm looking at these guys. And like from an HR perspective, I'm like, (laughs) uh, all of your, you keep saying that they have a really high rate of loss in their, in their trainees. They don't make it. They they train them and then they go out into the field and die pretty quickly. And I'm like, perhaps if you informed them about some shit, they may make it out. And also if you don't only hire 18 year olds. I was going to say, I don't even think the other four were as qualified, even as much as fucking Brie was. Maybe you need to change your onboarding process because it does not seem like it's effective. Aside from being fit and young, yeah. they didn't, to my knowledge, no one, they didn't share with us any kind of no. background they had in already knowing about the supernatural mm-hmm. or they weren't already turned right. or something. You know, like they were just young. Mm-hmm. And that fit. was it. They can like run a marathon. That was about it. But it, like the one kid who Sarge scared the shit out of, it just seems so Luke. timid. He well, should not be there. The girl seemed lost. The The kid. It turns out he was scared because as soon as he was approved, he uh, somehow he did know that meant he was going to get turned into a werewolf since he was oh, Sarge's pick. I miss that. Yeah. And so that's why he did get bit at the end. Oh. And that's why no one's mad at Sarge about it because that was always intended. So that was part of the lesson. It's that part of the sense, lesson. That end part. Okay. And that's why he did it once they were drugged because all of them got drugged and passed out and then he bit yes. him because he figured that would help him with his transition. <laughs> So that's why the guy was so scared. I'm like, well, then walk the fuck away and don't become a werewolf. But apparently he wanted to initially, but then... So he had to overcome that yeah. and whatever. But whatever. anyway, oh, still, okay, he okay. was... Okay, yeah, So, But, but no, it, she's, she's, and she's super funny in a lot of places. Like, when she was yeah. trying to fight the werewolf, she's just like, no, bad dog, down. Yes, she did. She uses, like, stern super mom voice a lot. She does. Stop fighting right now. I am trying yeah. to do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like She did like... all but count to three, like, <laughs> in everything that she did. Mm-hmm. And if people listen. They did. Everyone's really intrigued by her because she's kind of, like, new. She's unlike any of the trainees they've ever had. And so people mm-hmm. are like, 
I like you. I think you're going to do well. And that's what Crash was thinking. He was just like, something about you. I'm very interested in, because he's normally not interested in anybody, but she, for some reason, pulls him in. She reminds me a little bit of Aisling, in a way. Aisling, yeah, I know. She's a little less clumsy, I think. A little less clumsy. A little, has her life a little bit more together, although still not, I mean, there's messy in different ways. not together at all. Yes, but it is a different, in different mess ways. than Aisling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you're right there. Yeah, that's a good one. I think, yeah, on the whole, like, I love Brie. Yeah. And I want her to succeed very well in this, and I want to read more of her books. I also just want her to have sex with Crash. Yes, yeah, definitely with Crash. At first, I, I thought the, the chemistry was going to be between her and Sarge, because I also would training. think she should have sex with Sarge. I absolutely think And so. also He's probably like, Corp. I think she should yes, have sex with all too. of them. I think At one point, she wakes up, and Sarge is on one side of her as a wolf, and Tom is on the other, or not Tom, um, Eric. Eric is on the other side of her as was he in his bigfoot form or just yeah i mean he was furry he doesn't seem to like maybe he transform transform it's more just that he's a really big bigfoot yeah dude i love that there's a bigfoot he's so cool (laughs) and her explanation of it i was just like oh yes this is why nobody can see a bigfoot it's because we don't have magical powers we don't know the spell to see the magical creatures because he kind of is in between phases he's almost The like the Bigfoot part of him is more of a ghost like creature, like a, a oh yeah, to like see a ghosts, spiritual. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he he exists more on a spiritual plane. So when he shifts, he kind of like out of phase with our world perceptions. He's like an incompor- yeah. is it incorporeal or corporeal. Which one is it? Uh, Which one is non corporeal? Non corporeal. Okay. <laughs> It's either impossible or impossible. I don't know which one it is. <laughs> Why would we have like yeah one one and make it which universal? One? No. Why? Why would we do that? <laughs> but yeah, so I did. I like this book. I just wish yeah I needed her to be a little bit kinder about herself mm-hmm, and to mm-hmm, herself. Mm-hmm. I did not want to hear so much about her physical problems and body issues and and how she is old. <laughs> That was upsetting. As a 40-year-old, almost 40-year-old, I was like, yeah. uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> what that do you mean? The... This is the end. <laughs> yeah. She did have a lot of uh, self-esteem issues, but it, it but it really was a lot of it was just internal and stuff. But she, she kept doing everything that she needed to do. She still, yeah, she this. just persevered the mm-hmm. fuck out of this problem. She just kept doing it. Yeah. Which was good. Yeah. There was this one point where she, I can't remember what part of the story was. I think it was after Eric made it to the house and stayed with ran in the house and she needed to go pick up some shit but she needed to use the restroom somewhere so she went to a restaurant and the lady that was in the bathroom with her help was helping her put makeup on yes, yes. <laughs> i don't i don't know why she wanted to wear makeup or well needed- she was heading to see crash and she's totally into mm. crash she has a little crush on him and, and so she's is, standing yeah. there in the shower because she had also just gotten out of a swamp yes she did she had had to fight in the swamp because the demons came and so yes. she got eric away she put him in a safe place she had to go buy some clothes so mm-hmm. she bought some touristy t-shirt because hers was ripped and covered in swamp water and so she was in the bathroom fixing herself up, wiping the mud off of her face. And she just looked at herself and was like, oh, girl, you are a mess. And that won't do when you go see Crash. And so the, the lady in the bathroom was like, oh, I can fix that. And she started putting makeup on her. And turned out th- she was Faye. So. Yeah, which I think is super cool. And, and I, love, I love that story because I think not enough of us help each other out, you know, while not all of us want makeup put on us inside of a bathroom by a stranger. I was a little bit disconcerted, especially about the <laughs> sure. mascara and the eyeliner because I was like, oh, we don't share that. Mm. 
that's how you get pink oh, yeah. eye. <laughs> I was thinking about that too because I'm like, nope, you don't really share any of that kind of But she did say something to Brie that really resonates with the or at least I really appreciate. And she said, I'm a believer that men should love us no matter what. Because she was talking about how she's totally into this guy and and but I look like this right now, so she helps her out. And then she's just like, Men are too dumb to to see us without a little bit of sparkle, and that's why she puts on her makeup. But I, I just really love that because that really embraces the thought or the idea or the practice that women really should, even without attacking people with makeup, to help each other out when we see Absolutely. somebody that's in stress, you know? Because, I mean, I think it's hard because that's not what we're trained to think and it's hard to approach strangers in that way. But even just like a simple gesture or saying something nice is so, it can go so far. I think women are pretty good at it though, on the whole, like more so than not. Because like one of the standing stereotypes is that if you end up in a bathroom with a drunk girl, she will give you like her jewelry. <laughs> like, you know, like, like if you've ever met a drunk girl out on the town, like they will literally bend over backwards for you. They will like, help you. Drunk girls unite will solve the problem. Like we'll solve the world. Drunk girls will solve the world. They will. They will. They'll fix everything. And and I think that it takes that little bit of alcohol to break down some of that. Yeah, sure. Some of the like, oh, I shouldn't talk the to strangers. The I, shouldn't, I shouldn't impose on them. Mm-hmm. But usually it's just like, yeah, a kind word. But I think women do that. Even in bathrooms, you hear a lot of compliments. Like, you see oh, it in really the bathrooms, like I think, shoes. more than anywhere else. Because it's, it's all bathroom. women, and we all yeah. have to, like, put all that shit down, because we're not, like, performing for the men all around us and trying to be strong and, you know, come off a certain way. So it's easier in the bathroom with just other women to be like, oh, you have a cute shoes, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do. I think yeah. women do. But I I love that scene, too. And also, she's 100% right. Like, wear makeup, don't wear makeup. It's all, you know, your own personal choice and everything. But I thought that was an interesting take of men should love us for just who we are, like, regardless. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes you need a little sparkle. <laughs> they're like squirrels they need to be they you know or birds the flashy thing you need to catch their attention fish, with something flashy shiny 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 okay yeah let's yeah. talk now yes <laughs> Sometimes we just do need to grab that attention real quick. Yeah, I just thought that was really nice because she goes through a lot of these, like this whole book, the undertone is that she's trying to recover herself and work on herself after this horrible relationship she's been with with her ex. So let's get into our kiss and tell. Okay. So the kiss and tell for this episode is, have you ever regretted being in a relationship or is there anything that you would like to take back on a relationship that you've been in that was just like detrimental to your psyche, to your to, to anything, to any part of you as a person? Because she does go back and say I wish this and I wish that or if only this if only that and he he has helped mold her into this this woman that's like she has low self-esteem and because of how he had treated her in the relationship she then she's not embracing it but she's like accepting it into how she's dealing with her ailments and her body and stuff like that because he had so long been telling her she's not as good yeah I think all of that and then add it to he isolated her he you know he took yes. her away from where she grew up. He isolated her in a new town. They were in Seattle. It didn't sound like she had much of a life there. She worked with him at his law office, unpaid, after hours, like keeping his office running. She also did dog walking, which is isolative. You know, it's that's not mm-hmm. a word, you know. <laughs> Sometimes I make up words. It works. Um <laughs> <laughs> solitary is the word uh, <laughs> because she's just working with dogs not people right. so she has no friends she has no family her grandmother passed her parents died young we don't know the situation there 
but her grandparents raised her, her grandma raised her. And so at the beginning when Corb is like, no, it's dangerous. I don't want you doing this. Like you're, you're too old. You're not fit. All this stuff. And she's like, what does it even matter if I died? There's no one who would miss me anyway. Right. And that was the hardest part for me. Like that was very upsetting to hear because that's not ever true. And nope. in this book alone, she made like 20 friends. So, <laughs> so she did. you see like what she could have been like if she had been free of him her mm-hmm. whole life and thriving like you know, the only reason there's no one in her life now is because he made sure there wasn't right like he wouldn't let her have relationships outside of him so anyway i don't know how that yeah. relates to the kiss and tell but yes no 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 no. i, th- I think that that it does because because of the bad relationship she had with him and all of the underlying things that she's working through now emotionally psychologically she's starting to regret those feelings you know or mm-hmm. at least not uh, the situation that the experiences that she's had with him. So have you ever been in a relationship that you've regretted or or you want to take anything back? Is there anything, you know, that's so harsh or at least that you're maybe working on to repair? Yeah. Um, I don't regret any past relationships. They may not all have been great, but I do feel like I learned from all of them. But I also never spent 20 years in anyone. Like she was mm. with him for 20 years. So I understand that that's a significant amount of time to have such a negative influence on your life like yeah even ones that weren't great for me in the end taught me something and Mm -hmm. again they weren't all that long so i came out of them i do have one period in my life that i do regret mostly because it speaks more i feel like it revealed more to me a character flaw or like a weakness that i wish i was young so it was when i was in my early 20s and i slept with a guy who i knew was in a relationship Mm -hmm. and i'm better than that like that that sucked for me. Like, you know, like whatever he, he's, you know, shouldn't have done it either. But I knew and I shouldn't have done that. Right. Okay. So I, mm-hmm. so I regret that choice. It wasn't long. It was only like a month. I was in a depression. I was on my way to make big life changes that I was struggling with them. So I was, none of that's an excuse, but it's just a state of mind that I was in. Sure. So I yeah. allowed this to happen. I, you know, took part, participated in it. It wasn't like it wasn't voluntary or anything, but I just regret how that colors my own opinion of myself having yeah. had that choice, having okay. made that choice in my life. Again, early 20s, super big depression, life changes, bad choices were made. So I can't mm-hmm. beat myself up a hundred, you know, like too much about it, but I do regret. Like that'd be the one thing I would change in my past because okay. I'm, I'm just better than making that choice. Yeah. I think I, that's a perfect example of this. It's uh, the experiences you have in these relationships that, that make you reflect on the options and the choices that you made then and how it is affecting your life now. I, but I think I'm with you. I don't think I've regretted any of my relationships either. But I do. There's one situation that I wish I could take back with Max fiance was I let his his influence of his idea of my brother influence my idea of my brother. So there was a point where Selah and I didn't get along because of this guy. And, and I do regret that. And I um, so I don't regret the relationship. I just regret that part of it. And I wish that I could take it back because I think those were vital parts of my growing up and being as close with my brother as I was and then our relationship had separated and we became distant siblings because of this guy and it is since repaired I love my brother to bits he is one of the best most 
incredible people I know in my life. But I do regret that part of it that I let somebody influence that part of my life that it would break a relationship between me and my brother. And I hate that so much. And it hurts my heart every time I think about it because I love my brother so much. But that would probably be the thing that I would try to take back. That and I really wish that I wouldn't eat as much fast food with Dan. <laughs> Fuck you, fast food. And damn you, Dan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those are, that's still a change you can make at any time. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm a- <laughs> yeah. And so like, yeah. And I, and even for her, it's hard to like want to go back and change. Cause if she made that change at like 17 or, or like yeah. 20, cause I think that's when she met him. She met him at 17 and they got married at like 21. So yeah, they were real young. You have no idea. Like you can't, it, the, her life wouldn't even be comprehensible. Like, I mean, you have no idea how that, that's such a big divergence to take that other choice. So you have to just accept, I can't go back. Yeah. I have to take what I can learn from my history and, and move forward. And so that's why, yeah, that's why I don't regret any of them. It And it took all of them and it took them all in that order in which I had those relationships for me to now look backwards and find the pattern yeah. that I had been reliving for two decades <laughs> Yeah, and go, okay, well, now that I can see it, I'm going to break mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and I couldn't do that today if I didn't have those relationships in the past. That's true. So I don't, that you know, that's true. why even if they weren't positive on the whole, you find the pieces that are positive and that allow you to move forward and be better. So, and you'll never discover those feelings until you've experienced them. Exactly. Yeah. So you wouldn't have been able to. I mean, it sucks that that, that was the situation, but you wouldn't be here right now and no. have that awareness of it if you never went through it. Exactly. And so the badass like breathe who's standing there in the graveyard stabbing her grandmother's best friend in the back (laughs) with a magical knife protecting a Bigfoot wouldn't be here if she hadn't gone through the 20 years with her asshole boy Mm ex-husband you know and so I think eventually I'd like to see her embrace that I'd like to see her character develop in that way over the course of the books and if we keep reading them and it doesn't happen that's where I'll get disappointed yeah I have a feeling it will happen but I'm with you on that and also she needs to start fucking some of these I was gonna say somebody needs to start fucking something because I mean between Sarge and Crash I I need somebody to get their dick wet Yes, yes, <laughs> preferably both of she, them at some point. She needs it. She wants it. She's got She's this, very like, horny. She yeah, talks she a lot about, that's part of her whole body issues too, is like her libido's really kicked in as she's aged. And mm-hmm. she's like, why now? Why when I have the least access to <laughs> sex? Yeah, it's my <laughs> libido taking off. And mm-hmm. so like, she's always hanging around with Crash, so it's like, turn the fuck on also crash has a terrible habit or positively the best habit depends on how you look at it of uh he sleeps all day so he's constantly just getting up and having a sheet wrapped around him yes. in a very uh. low slung sexy fashion and you know he's like fit and like whatever he's a blacksmith he he's is. buff yes and he's giant it is uh yes yeah. and he's giant Mm-hmm. And he knows how to cook, apparently. He knows how to cook? Didn't Wasn't that the first scene that she had with him? Was he cooked for her? Sarge cooked for her. Crash <gasps> does not cook for her. Sarge cooked for her. That was, sorry, that was my mistake, guys. Somebody cooked for her. Sarge. Sarge. And then okay, she, anyway. she cooks for Corb. Yes, that's right. And that's she's what... got all these really hot men around her. She's got to <laughs> screw one of them. It's going <sighs> to happen. Oh. Well, at the very end, Corb kisses her in front of her ex, his yes. cousin, as kind of a... 
like trying yeah, to get totally, under his he, skin kind of situation. He plays into the yes, yeah, it's, it's really cool. <laughs> I do love that. That was hot. I was, uh, I was into that. Yeah. I was into a lot of this book, mm-hmm. and I just need. I'm just gonna pretend she had sex with Crash. It's fine. <laughs> she was in his bed twice, twice. at different points. They could have easily had sex that second time. Easily. I mean, he told her to come back. He was like, "Come back to bed." I would have gone sleep. back to bed. I would have been, been like, like oh, "Okay, I'm sorry, Bigfoot. You're on your own." She wanted it too. Yeah, sorry, Bigfoot. You're a Bigfoot. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Eric. Fix it. Figure it out yourself. I gotta get back into bed with Crash. Uh, what's Forty more minutes. Twenty. What's what's nine more minutes? Seriously, <laughs> that's all right. Oh, anyway, okay. So, kind of in line with that, I guess I'll do the fun fuck fact for this episode, mm-hmm. which, as Brie discusses in the book, she's becoming increasingly horny <laughs> as she gets older. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, there is some truth to that. Perimenopause, which is what happens apparently anytime from 35 on. <laughs> And it happens right before menopause for women, but it can have that kind of impact on your body. So here's an article from firstforwomen.com by Kelly Dwyer, March 11th, 2021. And it's called, Yes, Your Sex Drive Can Increase During Perimenopause. So some of the symptoms of menopause that people hear about is loss of sex drive. And that can be true, but there's been an increasing number of women coming out and acknowledging that in perimenopause, the the section of time before menopause, you actually have an increased sex drive. <laughs> Get it all out of your system. <laughs> I think, well, I think part of it is they say, because um, you still have eggs at that point, so it's like your last mm. hurrah. <laughs> so maybe you're like, the body's like, oh, fertilize these eggs real fast. <laughs> And you know how many women do? Yeah, they fucking do. With multiples. Yeah, Be careful yeah. out there, ladies. Yeah. I'm in danger world and I don't like it. <laughs> yes, danger world. Because <laughs> if I get pregnant, it'll be too many of them. <laughs> I'll teach you the ways of multiples. So perimenopause can be anything from four to ten years before menopause. Mm-hmm. And the average age at which menopause occurs is 52. So you're looking at somewhere between 42 to 48 might be when perimenopause starts. Starts to make less estrogen, which is what can affect your libido, apparently. So it is normal. You know, it, it can be a symptom. And if it is one of yours, then enjoy it. If you have access to enjoy it. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, you could always self-enjoy it too. But, sure. But yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. So this, I'll just put this article up. There's a whole bunch in it about it, like, you know, firsthand accounts from women experiencing it and some um, experts talking about what it is like, you know, and what can be normal at mm-hmm. this time. So. I like it. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, let, let's close out the book. So at the end... She obviously doesn't get any sex, but no. she's going to continue doing this work and hopefully um, a relationship blooms. <laughs> you guys have to listen to it to understand the nuances around uh, who was the bad guy and who was the spy and who was the double agent. Because and- there's a lot of there's a lot of stress around Crash, like her employee, yeah. her Eamon and the other guys who are her new employers. What was their group called? I don't know. <laughs> But they met at the cemetery a lot. That's all I know. No, they had a whole name because she kept saying, like, the I'm lighting, with the... Not the lighting. The... 
Highlanders. You no. Know. <laughs> Something with an S. You know, it doesn't, we're not going to solve this, so let's we're move not. on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, whatever this group is, a lot of them don't, like, they have a beef with Crash because of, like, he hired them to retrieve a stolen weapon, and they did, but it was broken when they returned it, so he didn't pay him the full amount, and so they're pissy. Yeah. The Council of Thirteen shows up and says he's a criminal, so he might be some kind of criminal. He seems to have some kind of, like, the, the, the magic world's all kind of weird about what you can and can't do, and so no one's acknowledging who he is or what he is, so we don't know what his magic is. And I think he must be tied to a certain behavior in a certain way. That has to do with him making these uh, making weapons and how he can make them. But anyway, at different times, they're like, he's the bad guy. And then he is kind of the bad guy. But then he turns out he's not really a bad guy. <laughs> he's just doing what he does, which is make weapons and sell them. And uh, it's very confusing. But I decided in the middle when it was looking like maybe he was bad that I didn't care anymore. And I was just going to be Team Crash all the way. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm all for it. I'm Team Crash and I'm Team Sarge. I I'm Team Crash, Sarge, and Corb. And Corb. And I Corb. came back around on Corb because at first I, I was did like, too. she keeps talking about how hot he is, but he's an asshole and I don't like him. But <laughs> it turned out he was just being an asshole to be nice and to then, protect her. I know that sounds weird, but <laughs> and then he's really not that big of an asshole. And yeah, he's yeah. Just moody. He's just moody. And then in the end, when he kissed her to make his own cousin yes. feel bad and like an asshole, mm-hmm. I was like. Okay, Corb. Uh, yeah, you can have sex you, too. <laughs> we can all have sex together. She can just It'll share the wealth with all of those hot ass men, and they just <laughs> please, please, Shannon. Where mm-hmm. is the se- oh? Just because it might be interesting to our readers, if they haven't read along with us, there's no cursing. Oh, that's right. She says duck a lot. She says ducking. duck all the time. And it's she says ducking is a... Twinge! Uh, annoying. That between himself and ducking. We should also say that yeah. she refers to her ex-husband as himself the whole book. And uh, especially in the beginning when she's talking pretty much nonstop in her head about himself. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. So it heads is. up on that. Little, yeah. little, little quirks to the book that are slightly annoying. But yeah, it, 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 it I doesn't. Think, I think they were all a lot more prevalent in the audio. I think if you were reading it, I could have ignored the himself and the, duck, mm. the ducks a lot easier can, in reading. Because yeah. I'd have just turned it into fucks. But when you're okay. hearing it, you're just like, oh, shit, you she's can't. saying ducks again. You can't change it. Yeah, exactly. Like one of her yeah. favorite sayings is that popular saying like, Gaze upon the field in which I grow my fucks and see that it is barren. Yeah. And my brother loves that quote. He uses it all the time. And it's funny because it's basically saying I, I grow no, I have no fucks to I give. I have no fucks to give. But she says ducks every time she says it. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't find this adorable. As a person who loves using the word fuck and it being one of my favorite words, I would rather use fuck than duck. I, I yeah, I'm assuming because it's supposed to be like Southern and mm. stuff that that's why she does it. But... I'm, I would also like to see this character grow and start using the fuck word when she gets fucked. Yeah. By, uh, by Crash. I'd like to say that. Yes, please. Please both say it and do it. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my hopes for the future. <laughs> Again, there's like eight books in this series, so. Should, yeah, it's, it's bound to happen. And if she doesn't say fuck, can somebody else please say it? <laughs> <laughs> 
She's not the only one that talks. That's true. The rest of the characters can say fuck. It's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I'm sorry. There's only seven. I keep saying eight, but. Oh, okay. All good. So let's rate. Yes. So we can't rate sex. There was none. There was none. There's nothing to rate. Hot There's men. sexual. Ooh. Yeah. Let's do that. Which one is your hottest? <gasps> Oh, that's of c- Crash. Of course it's Crash. It's Crash. And then Followed a Sarge. Followed by a close uh, second and a Sarge. And then a close and Corb. Then Corb. Yes. Yeah. That's it. In okay. The, in that, anyway, in that, that order. That is the order in which I expect you yes. to have sex with these men. <laughs> <laughs> that's Or reverse true. that order. Start with Corb and work your way up to Crash. Mm, yeah. Go. And then start <laughs> slowly putting them all together in the same room and Could the same bed. Reverse harem situation and, happen here. You know, I mean, live it out, girl. Your libido is asking you, begging you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So just book fan. Yeah. I'm, I'm giving this an eight. I'm going to give it a seven. I think it's got a lot of potential. I do think that if sex is coming, it's going to be good. I did enjoy Shannon. Shannon. I, down I did enjoy. Or Lauren sh- is the, uh, Shannon's the author. Yes. Okay. I did enjoy Shannon's writing. So I, I appreciate that. I I always like a funny book. This is not the funniest book we've ever had, but it is. It's. I think a, it's a, a good couple. middle. Cause it is. Occasionally we'll get one that's like too it's, funny and it's like it's not an eve book no eve's fucking hilarious yes. but sometimes it's or even a, like, like molly harper yeah molly too but this was a really great balance and i mm-hmm. and i think i like where this is going i do appreciate the connection that we have with it as almost 40 year olds as well yeah. although there are some some messages in here that that me can flip or whatever but just, other yeah. than that I think that's the only reason I you know, gave it a seven is I wanted to like it more. Mm-hmm. I was invested in liking this book and I wanted to like it more. And I was a little disappointed in the way a older woman, not even older, straight up middle, <laughs> my age woman with, you know, a little bit of extra weight on her talked about herself to herself. Yeah. I yeah. just need her. I need I need that to be. She's got to get some therapy. Let's, let's yeah. work on that. Get a therapist. Maybe Robert. Robert can talk her through Robert it. Can, I appreciate Robert Oh, so no. Much. Eric. Eric is legitimately a therapist. She oh needs my God, to you're start right. seeing Eric, the Bigfoot yes. therapist. I wonder if that's coming up. You know Done. what? This is the building of a world that's got it set up to her to succeed. So yes. <laughs> it better fucking go that way. Yes. Yes. All right, so that is that book. Yay! Mm-hmm. Midlife Bounty Hunter by Shannon Mayer, read by Lauren Fortgang, who is an amazing narrator. She did a really good job. Yeah, she did really good. I did. Sometimes I did. forget to talk about the narrators, but yeah, she did. She did really great. She did a sexy crash. I liked Hell, his crash. Yeah, I don't. I sometimes I don't. In the, that, the female narrators for some of the men aren't as sexy, but hers was sexy. Yeah, I like wasn't realizing it was a mm-hmm. woman talking to exactly. me. So that's how I know yeah. I'm into it. Yeah, so for our next book, we are going to read Unclaimed by A.D. Award. This is, I think, the first book in a brand new series, not a continuation of the other A.D. book that we read. No, this is her reverse harem. I think it's called The Fate of the Wolf Guard. There's currently three and the fourth of four comes out in a month or so from when you're hearing this or when this or when that episode will come out. Not in our world, but yes, no. um, she's. <laughs> in the I think her the this first book of her uh, of the series came out last fall, 
So, and yeah, it's a back to a reverse harem for us. Yeah. A little sexy, sexy. So join us for that. Yes. And in the meantime, you can find us on social media. We are Shh Dirty Books on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or you can email us directly at shdirtybooks at gmail.com. And in all of those places, it is with three H's. Please reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. And you can visit us on our website at shdirtybooks.com and most places that you can find podcasts. If you can go to any of those platforms, rate, review, subscribe. That would be greatly appreciated. And Jim Townsend, thank you so much for your music. With that, we'll say goodnight. This is Saylet. And this is Kalina. And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Yeah, you've been listening to Reading Dirty Books with Kalina and Saylet. Be sure to tune into the next episode. Some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them.